Welcome, everyone, to Excitement Incorporated. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. You can catch the podcasts on SoundCloud and some other third-party distribution places. I think Google Play is a place that our episodes go, uh, and iTunes as well. So you can go there for old episodes. You can go there for new episodes every two months in this pandemic present we live in. Because <laughs> we don't, we just don't, you know, um, it's hard to give a shit about anything. Time has lost all meaning. Time has lost all meaning. Uh, all, like, I mean, any sort of devotion or yeah. diligence, at least I had, yeah. practically out the window. So, um, but you know what? It's it's still fun to be here and do this when we can. And one day we're going to get to do this in the same room again. Here's hoping. God. Here's the hoping. This but Zoom stuff is just, or this Discord web conferencing is a it, bit rough. exhausting. Rough and exhausting. Trying to catch up with each other. You know, but still. You can also catch us on all the social medias to hear us talk about movies, television, and video games. Not necessarily in that order, but most usually is. Rich. Yep. Yes. Let's talk about movies and television and what you've watched before we get on to a lot of Disney Plus information later. Okay. Well, I picked up and completed The Queen's Gambit. Oh, which was far more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. That's what I've been hearing a lot of. It's it's very Well, it's the story of Elizabeth Harmon, the first female chess champion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. Like she actually went to uh Russia where they at the time, I mean, the story is set in the 60s, mm-hmm. like between 65 and 70 yeah is that time span and at that time chess was huge chess was big bigger than among us right now she was the first huh bigger than among us right now Uh, yeah yeah it was massive yeah there was chess magazines and chess review there was sponsorship for playing chess damn cool People devoted their lives to chess. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And the I saw it on Netflix, and I saw the girl's face and a couple chess pieces as Queen's Gambit. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm familiar with Queen's Gambit. Because mm-hmm. for a time, I was kind of into chess. And uh, I was like, man, I recognize that girl. Where is that girl from? Yeah. What have I seen her in? And it turns out she's Casey Cook in uh, Split and glass yes i was like okay with red hair she looks similar but almost completely different yes almost and it was a very good very well shot show it was very good i've heard it's very good uh my wife has been on a kick of horror films so mm-hmm, i watched mm-hmm. quite a few horror films that oh and the vast majority of them are not great sell the dark are. and the wicked was was trying but I, it just did not grab me and mm-hmm. i'm not a big horror person anyway mm-hmm. my wife is much bigger into horror than i am and she's like i like it because i can be stressed and everything 
And I was like, well, let's watch something that'll actually scare me. So we watched Annabelle Comes Home. And fuck every inch of that doll. Yeah. The doll shit is not the doll shit is not fucking cool. There are it's, dolls it, you can do that to though. It's it, 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 those are the good dolls. No, those are still fucking gross. Those are not cool dolls. They're no. Yeah. No, I'm not coming around because of fuck dolls. No. Yeah. Nah. Nope. Glassy eyes should be lifeless, but they look just a little too glassy to not be lifeless. I, I've taken to referring to them as unblinking horrors. Okay. Even though some of them, when you lay them down, they do blink, and that's just even fucking Worse. scarier. Yes. So yeah, we watched Annabelle Comes Home, and that was that was cheesy as shit. Well, you know, because every time these movie I choose to watch these movies, I pretty much text you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. constantly through the movie with my commentary, mm-hmm. as I did last night as I watched Annabelle, and yes. I will probably do again tonight as I watch Annabelle Creation. Yes. Uh, you know, I looked down at my text. We were playing Phasmophobia last night, and I looked down at my phone, and it says 22 texts from Richard Smells. <laughs> I was like, I think, I think we could make a, a, a literal product out of just commentaries for people to play over a movie while they watch it and just to listen to you talk about this movie while it goes. Because uh, see, if, I could, if I could figure out something where it sets the play time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the texts come in at the appropriate moments. Yeah. So you can just sign you can just sign up for this text service and say, Annabelle, start now. Yeah. And then as you're watching the movie, you'll get a text from a bot version of me. Yeah, there you go. Where you're just talking if about I can it. Out how to do that. Mm. No, it's pretty it's pretty interesting to go through these and then and then I mean when you were talking about uh, the friend and Annabelle uh, comes home, who's who's going into the room when they shouldn't, and she's yeah. like literally just pilfering her way into the haunted museum of haunted items, and then you sent oh, me that that dumb bitch. you that sent me a meme. Everything. He sent me a meme. It was of of uh, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, except it says the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of my new favorite meme. I didn't know that was a thing. So um but... I actually found that um from a boys room. A uh the subreddit for the show The Boys. Mm-hmm. It was when um somebody posted that with a screenshot of Starlight's mom. Yes. When she was talking about this kid, really, Huey, that's who you're into. And underneath it said the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. And I was like, okay, that's a winner. It is a winner. It is. Uh, So, I mean, all caps, this dumb bitch is going to keep the unblinking horrors with her child. Do you want cultists (laughs) in your living room? Because keeping unblinking horrors near your child is how you get cultists in your living room. Yeah, that is basically Annabelle. You're not wrong. And that was the worst of the three, which is hard to say because they aren't all terrible. I mean, they're probably the more effective of the scary movies to be released these days. They are very good at jump scares and very good at building tension, you know. Um, yeah. No, 
The Conjuring is probably my favorite of the new horror movies yeah. that I've been watching. Of The Conjurings? Of The Conjurings, yeah. The Conjuring, Conjuring Part 2, both of those were very well done, very well shot. Yeah. Just spectacular movies all around. Yes. And so I went into Annabelle and Annabelle comes home with a higher expectation than I probably should have. And I mean, those beats are there. The cinematography is there. Yes. The special effects, the jump scares, the creepy factor. Mm -hmm. It's all there. But it's the doll thing is such a trigger for me that I have to distract myself from it or I won't fucking sleep. Mm -hmm. So hence you get texted a lot when I'm watching those fucking movies. Yes. <laughs> so uh, what else did I watch? Uh, uh, the wife and I just started Euphoria. She's actually watched the entire run of Euphoria. How is that? She was like, she was like you might like it. Let's watch it. And I was like, well, you've already seen it. She was like, I can watch it again. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, it's, I heard it's it's that good. Zendaya won an Oscar, I think, or an Emmy or whatever. It's very good. Yeah. It's very, it's, once again, it's very well done, and it's done in the right way. It, the subject matter of the show is that it's the drug culture of now. And coming from the drug culture of the 90s to visit the drug culture of now and yeah. being a teenager now holy fuck am i glad i'm not a teenager now yes holy shit there's one there's one point in the first episode where they're talking about where she's talking about sending nudes uh-huh and they're like Okay, I understand what you people are saying about, you know, once you send something on the internet, it's out there forever, and everyone's going to see it, so keep that in mind whenever you send a nude. And she's like, fuck yourself. Nudes are the new thing now. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how you do this. In the day, back in your day, you know, it was, I forget what the equivalent was. But it was like the equivalent of um, sending flowers mm -hmm. to let someone know you're interested. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't exist now. No. Now it's send a nude or send a dick pic. And it's just like so horrifying that this is the way things are now and kids have adapted to this. And they're like, well, that's just it. If you don't send a nude, you're a prude. If you do send a nude, you're a slut. This is horrible. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I understand now the whole thing about slut shaming, which I was always supportive of, you know, stomping on slut shaming. It's like whenever a dude would hook up with a girl and then he would be like, yeah, she's a slut. And I'm like, dude, she's not a slut. She just slept with you. Yeah. What does that say about you, man? Yes. Lots of Come people on. saying terrible, inappropriate things just because. Yeah, you know? it's just, yeah. So, Euphoria is good. I suggest watching it. Okay. What have you been watching? Oh, me? Um, well, at least on HBO, 
I watched uh I've been I've been trying to keep back up with Deadwood. Um d- just trying to at least get it to hit a stride. Maybe the movie will be good once I get to the movie. Um, cuz at least, you know, when you get towards things like movies uh that have been long gestating to series that have ended, I'm like maybe maybe it'll be fan servicey enough that the movie will end up being the best thing about it um kind of in the way that like downton the downton abbey movie was oddly good it was not like a weird it was like a whole boner this is a completely different scope of something i'm totally used to because i mean it aired on bbc and and pbs the downton abbey show uh and then when they had the movie like they're building up to like the reveal and the theme of Downton Abbey with the theme of Downton Abbey. And when they reveal it, you're used to like, oh, we're going to do these long sweeping things that are clearly on car rigs. But no, they had a drone for the movie. And we got full aerial shots, these massive like landscape shots of Downton Abbey. So in ways that you can like, you know, increase the the scale of these things is why I'm kind of forcing my way through Deadwood to see if the movie really pans out. Um We've been watching. We're about ha- halfway through Shit's Creek now. A little more than halfway through Shit's Creek, which, just like most of the other comedy shows, if you can get past the rough bumps of the first season, it smooths out quite a bit. And Shit's Creek, for a show about a bunch of pieces of shit, ends up oddly endearing, in a lot of it. So, and in the way that like where characters usually do things that are like you know oh I hate you bitch then they end up doing things later that you're like oh my god are they growing as a person like is, is this person being selfish or uh, like selfless instead of selfish for once that's odd and then that character will like do something nice and then proceed to like uh, literally like the nice thing is the meat in between the bun that is still being shitty <laughs> yeah <laughs> which makes it so funny. So, um, we've, we've really enjoyed that. Um, Rick How far and, are you from that? Uh, halfway through season four ish. Okay. You, I, you've come across two of my favorite moments in that show then. Good. Um, what did he say that was really funny? Um, with the pregnancy test episode. And yeah, and he freaking says, "We thought you were pregnant." That's so mean, <laughs> Eugene Le- Levy. That's so mean. And Eugene Levy at the beginning of the episode when he's holding up this like pregnancy test. I just wish I could remember because we were dying for hours. Because Eugene Levy doesn't have the funniest lines generally. And then they were they were talking about someone like getting lucky, and he's like, "Well, clearly someone got lucky," or something yeah. like that. I don't know, but it's it's getting to the point that it's quotable, which is pretty important. Like Rick and Morty season four, which I made my way through. And I got to say like that, it's getting better and better. Like it's definitely hitting the stride um, where like you don't understand my resistance to start this show by singing glory to Glorzo. Oh my god. See, and that's just it. I want to like I want to put it on repeat all the time, but there's just so much TV to watch. I could I, but I did go back and watch some of it twice because um I went on to watch it without Sarah and we ended up going back again to watch it with her and I I was just happy to watch it all again. Um just the the episode with the snakes is probably my favorite from that episode. Um, with the heist episode coming in at number two and then the dragon episode coming in at number three. 
just because it's uh, these episodes are so wacky and i love i love when they repeat the themes that they have and with with the heist episode but there's this there's this thing about the snake episode where um morty gets bit by a snake space snake and they insist on like keeping it alive and it creates this literally like is this the first episode where they literally continue with the first thing that happens in the episode and let it just run its full course into full-blown crazy ass wackiness because he gets bit by it by a space snake and then 13 minutes later into the episode or 10 minutes later we're watching snakes on a snake planet completely sentient snakes listening to snake jazz uh and that's all they listen to um but it's picking up on earth and yeah exactly but like the fact that they went through this whole like indiana jones style things are happening like long storied um what path of the snake that like because morty replaces that snake with a human snake and that human snake breeds with another snake and they become like a super like advanced race of snake and then they're trying to invade the universe and but the snakes it's just all of it the 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 still pose of the snake in the the um trench coat with the dark fedora and the backlighting of a of a like lecture hall Yes. When the FBI agent, clearly, or the CIA agent, snake shows up to this professor's like uh, uh, speech, this lecture, and he's here because he's here for the professor, and then we get that slow, like dramatic angle of the snake, and I was like, they're treating it just like uh, they would do this with a movie, movie except humans, and I was probably like, I couldn't breathe for like five minutes. That, I was laughing so hard. That whole episode was just basically every sci-fi trope yes ever yes into 20 minutes yes it was oh man it was wonderful i i loved the uh recurrence of the uh testicular time cop yes yes well you know it's always a party when keegan michael jordan shows up so Keegan oh, Michael yeah. Key, my my apologies. Yes. And Jordan Peele, they were um, both there. Yes, so that's oh, and the, I mean honestly, um, I should. It's hard to like rate those episodes. The vat of episode, the vat of acid episode, too. Oh yeah, which is literally titled the vat of acid episode. It was I don't know, I love it. Um, moving on, because I've, seen, I've watched the the entire B of rick and morty it's my go to sleep show yes so i've watched it at least every episode at least six times yes um with its end i decided that since i was uh more than close enough to actually finish the show with the end in sight i returned to supernatural nice and it turned to I, I I stopped watching Supernatural right before the appearance of God. The episode before, <laughs> I was so so it was really easy to get back into it when I fired it up, and and one of the characters has to put on he he like a pair of sunglasses and he's like you're gonna want these and he hands them over and then it's like permanent light and he's like where have you been, um and God's like you like my bar anyways 
Um, so it's actually like oddly panned out. And the cool thing about the way Supernatural has been going, at least, is that especially towards these end seasons, initially for the first six, you're just kind of like, you could have ended it here with this whole like Lucifer thing. You know what I mean? But yeah, there's been this kind of like dead space in between of kind of pushing things as far as they can go um, with, you know, extra demigods, Norse gods, all the different things, finding out that, um, um, well, never mind, that's spoiler territory. I don't know if you're there yet. Um, but certain characters are actually other characters in myth- mythology, and then they turn out to be, like, hierarchical characters from the Bible, things like that. And the reintroduction of characters, you have to get past the tropes of someone knocked Dean down and he raises his sword, and then he gets a knife through the chest because Sam's behind him. And that happens, if not every episode, every other episode. And yeah, getting past yeah, the tropes of... Thing. Yeah, characters um, dying and then just coming back always. Pet, death is not... This, this show is worse at character deaths than soap operas because none of them hold weight. Zero right. of them. Um, yeah. But even then, sometimes they keep the characters dead, but they'll return for, like, at least one episode of the season because they went to an alternate reality or there was some time travel. You know what I mean? But um, one of the more clever things I found is that the, that the reintroduction of a um, of a constant female character in the show. Can, can I spoil something um, in the way that it might entice you to go back and watch? Okay. Um... God brings their mother back to life and she becomes a series regular. Yeah, yeah. I'm I've been there. Oh, you just I, got there. okay, cool, cool, cool. Let me see. Uh it started getting interesting for me again mm-hmm. when they showed the men of letters had yeah. other chapters. Yes. So And that's right, that's right yeah, where the they American that all happens. Men of letters were killed off, but they weren't the only men of letters. No. And the British men of letters are fucking dicks. They are brutal. Yes, they are. And that was where I left off. That was where my wife lost interest. Oh, no. And so I went away from it, but I was just kind of like, I, I, I need more men of letters. Yes. I need to be a man of letters. Yes. This is amazing to me. Yes. I would love to do this. Yes. Where do I sign up? So. Yeah. Um, give me the fucking bunker in the middle of America yeah but that and then the reintroduction of Lucifer of course um, as a character and letting him run rampant having his own thing and he's a complete anti-hero in the way that like he's a like he's the worst but he says the funniest shit (laughs) and he he just fucks off in any way he pleases and um, no it's pretty it's pretty fun for that reason so supernatural went back only because like honestly like if i stopped watching around like season 12 and if they ended with season 24 i would not have gone to watch it i did i do not need another 12 seasons of supernatural but they said oh we're ending with season 15 i was like i'm close enough i can blitz this and at least say i watched everything you know what i mean right finish what i've started so i did that yeah I hope to go back here soon, but every time I'm like, hey, you want to watch Supernatural? My wife's like, eh. I'm like, I don't understand. You love Jensen Ackles. What is the problem? Yeah. Why are we not finishing this fucking show? Why can't I continue this show? Yeah. Just because you're like, eh. 
you're burned out on it. How can you get fucking burned out on Supernatural? And she's like, I just don't want it to end. And I'm like, there's 16 fucking seasons. Yes. <laughs> you don't want it to end. You binged the shit out of Shit's Creek, and there's only six seasons of that. Yeah. And you didn't want that to end. And now that's over. What the fuck are we doing? Exactly. Let's finish this shit. <laughs> it's true. Uh. So, so um, we'll talk about The Mandalorian Season 2 a little later before we dive into Disney Plus stuff. Um, okay. Not really worried about spoilers on that end because if you're not watching Mando, what's wrong with you? Um, yep. At the very end, even then, we could even talk about the most recent episode as it relates to um, some certain ammunition being used by certain spaceships because that's the basically the most spoilerish thing that happens in that entire episode but i digress there is a horror movie we watch which is really the only one we have not watched many movies there's no movies to watch rich there's just there's nothing unless unless disney releases some extra or hbo max decides to release all of them um then there's nothing to do in that in that specific category but i digress there's a netflix horror they came out netflix purchased a horror movie or maybe they funded it i don't know but it's called His House. Is this one of the ones you happen to watch? It is not. Okay. His House is a story about two refugees from Africa. I don't remember specifically where. Um, But it's about two refugees from Africa who make their way to the UK. And they get... Um, I think I saw the trailer for this. Yes. Um, and then they get an entire house to themselves, which is a little weird. Generally, you have to have you have to share places, or it's a tiny place. But they get a decent sized house, and then freaky things start to happen. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so good in that way. Like the best horror films are the ones where they don't spell it out for you. You know what I mean? Right. And this film takes so many twists and turns that it it. It's really, really, um, by the end, you're pretty impressed. You're just kind of like, it's got a literal meaning. It's got a metaphorical meaning. You wonder for the longest time if it's a psychological horror or if this is actually happening to them. And, um to to sell it without you know too many things uh spoiled there are people appearing to them from within the walls and there's holes in the walls because the place is like pretty dingy when they get there and then he's you know looking inside of the walls and kind of wondering what's going on and you know it eventually you know just because this is i'm giving it to you because it's clearly something that happens he's tearing down the walls with a hammer right Right. before the workers the immigration workers show up to make sure that they're assimilating well nice yes so destroy the house oh hi you're here for inspection (laughs) there's nothing wrong with me yeah we've been demoing nothing yes so it's um you figure out all the kinds of ghosts that they're living with in his house um very quickly and it's it's just that it's that crazy you know um kind of the things that people will do to protect themselves take care of themselves 
right. it's, it's whack. It is wacky. So I can't say much because it's a, it's a finely layered film film that like yeah. by the end, you know, um, needs to be kind of spoken for what it is because the, the ending itself is a little meta in the way that they just put it right on screen. But if right. you, if you've been paying attention to the film, the theme of the film, you'll understand why they end it the way they do. Okay. And what kind of ghosts well, they'll be living with. Since we last did this, mm-hmm. there was a once a year occurrence that allowed me to purchase a crap ton of movies. Mm-hmm. That is Black Friday. Right. Every Black Friday, I go and clear out the movie section. Yes. Wherever they're selling DVDs or Blu-rays or what have you. Yes. And this year, I got eight of them. Okay. And uh, let's see, what did I pick up? I picked up John Wick 3. Good. Because that's kind of a hol- holiday tradition for me. Mm-hmm. I picked up John Wick on a Black Friday deal. Yes. I picked up John Wick Chapter 2 on a Black Friday deal, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, you did. Oh, I did, yes. I remember. And so I did with John Wick 3 as well. And as is tradition, I'm waiting at least a month before I watch John Wick 3 because I waited at least a month to watch the other John Wicks after purchasing them. Uh, I wonder if there's a movie share. We can watch it together. Kind of like how we were doing Watchmen for a second. Yeah, well, it's in my voodoo, so. Mm -hmm. Good. MIB International. Nice. The Hunt. Venom, the third How to Train Your Dragon movie, yes. Spider-Man Far From Home, and Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man. Got to throw that up here on the news. Continue. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, I figure we can talk about The Mandalorian Season 2 when we start to bridge into all of the Disney Plus and, um, investors' announcements that they made. Uh, not too long ago, and that's that's basically all I've got for Disney. Uh, well, not Disney for things we've watched outside of doing a Shrek marathon yesterday, watching all the Shreks. You did a Shrek marathon. I did. A, I've been doing a recurring Captain America marathon. Nice on Disney Plus. There you go. Pretty much in a loop. It's nice. First Avenger into Winter uh, Soldier. Winter Soldier into civil war civil war is pretty amazing you're not wrong just those three on a loop it's good shit it's good shit hey shrek has aged well i will say if you take it for what it is and just know that the sequels cannot be as good as the first ones then you're in for a treat and just putting up with it you know that's all i'm saying rich you've been playing video games i have been and they're not Borderlands. They are not Borderlands. <laughs> I've been playing so many video games. And beating them. And just crashing them. Yes. I finally put down Horizon Zero Dawn after uh, beating it, starting the new game plus, And I got about halfway through that. And I was like, you know what? Taking down Thunder Jaws is easy now. I need to move on to something else. <laughs> For those not aware, with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, it's a post-apocalyptic Earth, and there are 
part of the terraforming project of repopulating Earth is to create these machines that mimic life for terraforming. So there's like machine horses that help with cross-pollinating and agriculture and everything. And then there's these mechanical predators that kind of just thin the herd and everything. Yes. And then there's a mechanical T-Rex for whatever reason. I don't know why. But it apparently serves some purpose in repopulating the Earth. And it's just a giant T-Rex called a Thunderjaw. Yes. And when you first see it in the game, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die horribly at the hands of this thing. And then I got to a point where I was like, okay, set this, 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 chase it into it, boom, done. Yes. I took down a mechanical T-Rex in under 90 seconds. I was like, it's time to move on to another game. And so I moved on to the next the next level of game, which is God of War, I guess. Yes. I went in I finally played the God of War that Daniel got for me two Christmases ago. Yes. And I beat that. Mm-hmm. And uh that was a very good, very fun game. Yes. I really want to go back and play the other God of Wars now because of all of the history that that game was putting out there. Yeah. So I really want to go back and play those other Gods of War. They're good. Just to to watch him take, just to take down the Greek pantheon of gods. Yes. And it's, it's fun in that way. I mean, this game gets its brutality from those games. So it's yeah. very, very um, – it's fun. I think um, given that you haven't played them before, they won't have aged as badly for you. Okay. Question. You, you've you played and beat God of War, correct? Yes. When you finally beat the game mm-hmm. – go home and go to bed yes okay it's funny you say this because uh our friend gabe he didn't and he he was talking to me about the valkyrie uh the valkyrie challenges because he did the valkyrie stuff and he's got the armor set and i was like oh sweet and i was like and he's like yes i did everything and i was like yeah did you go back to the house and he's like no and so we fired it up we updated it literally two days ago (laughs) And and I had him go home, and he's like, "Oh, we're sleeping, okay." And he wakes up, and then several so years like, later, he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Who is this?" And he, it's yeah, and he's like, "Oh," and he's like, "Is that Thor?" And I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh man, how hard is this fight?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> sorry, but <laughs> it's not happening." <laughs> we know how God of War Two is gonna start. It's true. It's true. So gonna start with him laying the fucking hammer on thor and then being like all right let's go to egypt we got yeah. a whole new pantheon to take down see i i have my own theories about how god of war is gonna proceed from here um just as it relates to kind of like freya stirring up the pot and saying like you'll be sorry you know um for what happened to balder spoilers for a almost three-year-old game by the way everyone um but freya uh, 
gets mad and she's like this is I, you'll pay for this she you killed my kid you're gonna pay for this so um it, while a lot of people kind of like really lean towards this idea that they're going to take god of war just in the same direction see if he went straight to thor it would be basically going the way that the first trilogy did where kratos makes his way up the pantheon to finally zeus which is kind of a big deal you know what i mean but i don't think they would do that in this order um because it would just be a rehash you know what i mean and while this is hypothetically a remake you know it's still a sequel so with god of war ragnarok coming i mean i i strongly think that um i mean thor is while odin is hypothetically stronger than thor um i i think i think if they killed odin that it would put thor on a serious serious vendetta for for kratos and loki but um and the way that you killed my father you're gonna die kind of thing um maybe yeah. even pinning loki against thor by the end of everything which would be pretty interesting uh but more than anything i have this my theory at least if if cory Bar- barlog said um write me a script for god of war two and three right now i would send freya through the bifrost to the egyptian gods in the second one to say hey kratos is among us the norse gods you know what he did to the greek gods if we don't team up how do you know he's not coming for you next we need to put this guy down and then all of a sudden you got kratos taking punches from ra and odin at the same time Uh, probably be more Sekhmet than it would be Ra. Because Ra and Odin are top of their pantheons. Yeah, but who are they going to send to kill Kratos, the god killer? Uh, long, that's true. Long story short, the idea of, of combining the Egyptian pantheon and the Norse pantheon at the same time because Kratos is the biggest threat they've ever th- faced just makes sense to me. That's all I'm saying. Freya's going to say, I want revenge on you. She's going to know, like, they're going to have to bring the heat if they want to take Kratos down. So, I I don't know. I don't think there's any other way to make this game just to raise the stakes in this game without doing yeah. something like that. So, but I digress. What else did you play? Uh, Well, once I finished God of War... And I, I'm still not done. I'm making my way through uh, Muspelheim. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I got to the challenge where you have to basically go through like six waves of enemies without taking any damage. Yes. And it's like you cannot take any damage. No. And mm-hmm. if you get a little slap, it restarts the counter. Yes. And I, I, I've gotten too used to kratos being a tank yes that i just it i was like okay i'm gonna have to come back to this a little while later you haven't focused on on dodging attacks because you're right. worried about dying right i mean i might actually go to alfheim and take out that valkyrie before i come back to muspelheim maybe i don't know but uh I was like, you know what? It's time for a break from God of War. I'm going to play something else. And I went and I popped in Dark Souls. And oh. Dark Souls and I just did not click at all. Yeah. 
maybe I was in the wrong mindset. Maybe I got spoiled by God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn and how overpowered hmm. how overpowered how what how good they look yes those games look amazing yes and then i pop in dark souls and when you first start dark souls it's brown maybe, and green well, maybe it's the version maybe the version i bought i'm not sure but it plays like one level above text-based rpg it was not good looking at all mm -mm. and did mm -mm. not play well at all. Well, you got the remastered so, but... version. The remastered version is, it leans more towards performance than how it looks. They didn't add a bunch of new textures per se, like HD textures, but there are parts of performance in the game where, like, for instance, like even the original, there's an area that had. 10 frames per second when you tried to walk through it and you had to make sure you didn't point the camera a certain way into an open area because this game is massive in size um and if you point the camera that way the game tries to process all of that area and then all of a sudden you would go to it it it, it and it was bad it was bad but now it doesn't do that in remastered so that's really the biggest perform like the performance is where is where dark souls got really good and then some quality of life changes like password matchmaking and stuff but it doesn't okay. it doesn't surprise me that Dark Souls do, doesn't click for you because I did the same thing. I got it. I started yeah. it. I said this sucks. Nothing's clicking. This 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 seems like a, a backward step more than anything. And as much as I'd like to continue, it also has this weird difficulty to it that makes it not worth pushing on right yeah i played it for 10 minutes and i died five times in that 10 minutes and i was like yeah i'm i'm not in the right spot for this i'll come back to this later maybe this is not a place i need to be well what we can do is right, hmm. sorry well b before yes. before we go to a different game what we can do is what we did with me and joe is where joe came over for an hour he said do this this and this and we did that that and that i let him drive for an hour he got me um on luck um the best weapon in the game one of the best weapons in the game and then it was smooth sailing after that because when you get to a point that you are killing it doesn't take a long time but a big part of dark souls is figuring out the combat figuring out your enemies in a way and it and it can be kind of a drag to like push die push farther die there push farther die there push farther hope to god there's a bonfire right and then die and then the first thing you hit on your way back to get your souls kills you because enemies do absolutely and they don't say this out loud but it's so very clear that if you have a lot of souls waiting for you that the enemies you run into might be a little harder and by might be a little harder is all of a sudden they do this flurry attack you never knew about and kill you in one hit it's just punishing in that way that's why you have to be on your a game all the time but um maybe when the when the pandemic is over all i have to do is sit with you in the den of bricks for 10 minutes and then you'll be smooth sailing because that's the thing when the ball starts rolling it snowballs because when you start exploring and discovering things that's when it's like one of the most like uh, uh uh 
one of my favorite things about Dark Souls is getting sucked into it and exploring it. Because when you go to a new area, you feel alone. That is the yeah. largest thing. Joe was taking me through some DLCs in the past, and he would say, careful, there's an enemy on your right. Careful, there's this here. Careful, there's this here. And I was like, it's weird because Dark Souls is special in that way where I want things to happen to me. Like, yeah. it, because it's such a mystery. It's a, what is the word I'm looking for? The theme of the entire world. Like, themes that stick you into games or at least what is the word i'm looking for environments themes um um personalities where you get sucked into the other world yeah basically where you just kind of like fall in love with that place is is really the magic of dark souls because when we do get the ball rolling for you i'm willing to bet cold hard cash you're not gonna want to stop it might just be a thing of where i was at in my head it's a rough start it is a rough steep start at the beginning of dark souls and now i would just yeah. give my left nut to have an, a new world from fro- from software to explore right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it's always surprising but, they're not afraid to throw things at you like dragons and 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 uh they'll come out of nowhere it's big epic scope things yeah well i mean i I had that stack of games that yes, I bought. Yes, big stack. A few months ago. And I've been playing my way through that big stack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I went from Dark Souls because I was just like, maybe later. This is not this is not the time. No. And I jumped into Nino Kune 2 Revenant Kingdom. Ooh. That game is really cute. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. It's a grind, which is what I'm into. Right. And I was like, this is, this is cool. I'm going to get into this. And I was like, I got about two hours in and I was making some decent progress and everything. And I was like, you know, I'm not feeling this anymore either. This is fun. It's, it's a good time. Do I want that kind of undertaking right now? Yeah, this isn't, this isn't the time for it right now. Yeah. But it is a very, it's a very clean very good looking very entertaining game yeah that i could definitely get into but the timing was just not right for me i just got the first nino kuni on a steam sale yeah mm-hmm. have you played it at all i played the first one a while ago on ps3 because that's where it, it, oh. it initially released and i did like it clearly the the studio ghibli art style is right. is what sucks you in the hardest so like i liked it when i played it then um, that's Bandai Namco, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, that's that's kind of their stock and trade. Is what they that's what they do is those hyper stylized games. Studio Ghibli. Oh wow! Look, Studio cute. Ghibli actually did the animated sequences. That makes sense. They literally made the, it. Does make sense? Yeah. Um, so it's not Studio Ghibli style art. It's Studio Ghibli art. Um, published yeah. by Bandai Namco, but developed uh, by Level 5. Unnecessary. Sorry, Roxy, I had things to say. It's all good. It's all good. No sweats. Shut up! Anyway. So, I, 
I was kind of in the mood for something fun, familiar, and a game that I was just going to really enjoy. So I popped Spider-Man back in. Yes. Because that's a game that I just... I, I started it from the beginning. I was just like, let's just go and do it again. Yes. Let's just redo. And I had forgotten parts of that game that I was just like, oh, this is this is a dark portent. Oh, how did they know? Oh, yes. no. Yes. Because for those who haven't played in a while and forgot, there's a point in the game where Dr. Octopus releases the pandemic on the island of Manhattan. Yes. In New York City. Yes. And there is, at one point, everyone in the game is wearing a face mask. There are signs in Times Square that say, stay safe, stay home. Mary Jane Watson is doing a broadcast from her living room on the news. Yes. There's shit going down. <laughs> this didn't this age well. That I just was like, oh my <coughs> god, I can't escape it. There's it's no bad. getting away. It's really oh, bad. Fuck. They do. It's true. It's wacky. But then again, whenever a game deals with a pandemic, and they typically deal with it in New York, and that's kind of the way that it happens, this is cdc protocol this is how this works this it, the only difference is that the only people in the street not wearing masks and not socially distancing are the fucking criminals yes yes oh my gosh <laughs> it's like poetic <gasps> go back and play spider-man <laughs> Because holy shit! Just wow, that's hilarious. Oh. <sighs> and that's off at my games. Oh. I gotta release the hounds. Give me one second. You have to release the hounds. He has to release the hounds. So here's what we're gonna do, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna talk, uh, just you and me, about a little thing called love. And. We love that you're here right now. We we really appreciate that you're listening. We haven't made episodes the way we used to. The pandemic really sucks. We were tr- really, really, really trying to get a following, but we see that you guys actually, like, we get a lot of listens. And if you're here and you're listening to this, thank you for spending the time to listen to us talk. It's just another shitty, <laughs> shitty pop culture podcast, but we like to do it. And that's why we do it is because we have fun doing it and we're glad that you enjoy it and you enjoy it enough to have listened this far Um, because we're just not conventional. You know what I mean? Rich Rich has a lot of puppies. He's got to let outside right now. And I mean, you can hear my cat um, in the background right now. Come on, get up here. Get up here. If you're going to, do you want to talk to people or not? Do you want to get a Pam? Get your ass up here now. Come on. Yep. Yes. So, I mean, uh, it, it makes a big difference to us, at least, that you're here. That we still get views, even though, I mean, this last year has not been the best for our content making. So, we just appreciate it, and we appreciate you. 
The hounds are outside. I have a cat in my hand. Do you want to come up here? Are you going to say hi to everyone? Come on. Come on. You got to get up here. It is not that high to jump. It's not. Come on. You need to... I don't know if they can hear you talking. Okay? So come on. Come on. Yes. My cat's too lazy to jump up here. She's just too lazy. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to come up. So... And you're back. You walked the hounds. I am back. Sorry. It's okay. The hounds need to be released. They did need to be released. It was a and good... I forgot to turn the heat on in the DOB, and it was a bit chilly. So yeah, it was a bit chilly. So I grab a hoodie as well. That's no good. Okay. Well, where to begin? Because it's hard to, like, measure time when we don't do episodes as often as we used to. So, um... I think what I jumped into right after um, our last episode of Excitement Incorporated was Star Wars Squadrons in a VR, specifically, on the PlayStation 4. And, yeah, <laughs> it is everything you would want from that experience. Now, um, the campaign itself, super fun, had some incredibly cinematic moments in there, um, you know, blasting my way out of exploding um, space stations, etc., um, dogfights in space, um, swinging on, you know, um, the Z-axis left and right, and um, getting legitimately dizzy. So, long story short, you're never playing this game, Rich. And never that's, playing that's... <laughs> um, You know what? It did make me reminiscent. I almost hooked up the Nintendo 64 to play Rogue Squadron. Oh, good timing. Um, but that is, that's the weird thing. It's not really reminiscent of Rogue Squadron in the way that it is, first and foremost, a flight simulator. Right. So um, you have to, cha uh, I actually got a joystick just to play this. And yeah, it increased the experience quite a bit. Um the issue the one thing that kind of sucks is that they say the meat and potatoes is the online and the online has been a complete shit show <laughs> with matchmaking um just not being in any way organized you'll you'll go in as a level five and end up against level 300s which happened to me in the first two weeks i was playing someone got on and did not stop playing since it came out they were blasted up and just wiped the floor with us it was a bunch of yeah. like single digit levels uh, and we got our asses whooped and I was just kind of like, oh, great. So this is going to cater to those who have the time to play it. That's nice. Yeah. So they did a small content update and released a B-Wing and a TIE Defender, which is cool. But that's pretty much the extent of that game just because I haven't been able to play it. Um, got to set up the PSVR and then I beat the campaign, but I don't want to go online and get my ass kicked by a level 458 in every other fight. So that's right. really bad matchmaking. They don't have, like, comparable matchmaking? Not even close. Where they don't put, they don't put you in a... Match against similar. people your own level. Right. No. They just Three, released a massive, massive update they just released. And still not better matchmaking. Yeah, I've been keeping an eye on the Reddit and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. I was starting to get excited about the community, and this is the closest thing you can get to, to being a, a, a fighter pilot in Star Wars. So, is it a good game? Yes. Does it have good multiplayer? Fuck no. And where it's, you know, crashing, pun 
not intended uh is that they didn't you know they called it the meat and potatoes and then released this multiplayer game that you're just gonna get your ass kicked in 90 percent of the time so it's unfortunate but not much you can do about that um moving on gears tactics played that it was fun i don't like rts games if this didn't have a gears of war skin on it wouldn't have played it it wouldn't have put the time into getting through it and beating it um but it was really fun it was still a good game and it was gears of war in all essential ways all right i've never played a gears of war so i will roll with you on that one yeah um uh, the more you play third person games the closer we get to maybe playing that which would be exciting. Yeah. I, I would I would love to throw down some Gears of War marathons with you. Just because it is a special game. Well, next up for me is Bioshock, so... That'll be a challenge. That'll be a real challenge. But you have a sick bucket right to me, just in case. <laughs> yes, have a sick bucket right next to you, strapped to your neck. It'll be worth it in the long run. Those games are special. They just really are. There's a reason yeah. they've gotten the acclaim they have. Um, I put 96 hours into an RPG called Persona 5. It is now my favorite RPG of all time. And mainly because of its style, music, and theme. There is... I don't like turn-based games. I don't. That's the reason I can't go back and play like a try as I may. I've tried to play Final Fantasy VII and uh, nine and 12, and I love these games, and I really like, I have to sit down, I have to focus to play these games. But Persona 5 upped its process from Persona 4 in such a way, like they were onto something with Persona 4. They knocked it out of the park in Persona 5, which is this idea that in the turn-based battles, um, they kind of have it Pokemon style, where you collect Personas, which are basically shadows in the metaverse, um, kind of a Silent Hill style, opposite side, dark place, um, where you switch to this other side and there are shadows that live there, um, and you can convince them to join you after you beat them down. If you stun them and knock them out, you go into a, this is where the turn-based gets, uh, mixed up, is that you go into a, um, uh, uh, what is it, a holdup, basically. So they're on the ground and you can talk to them you can't get money out of them or an item out of them and if you talk to them you have to answer questions right and if you basically make them like you with your questions they'll join your team and you have access to the spells that they would use that is the pokemon idea of it but with the turn-based battle it's not um a big part of going through the fights is finding out what they're weak to and then Mm -hmm. using that in progress with you know certain fighters you have now that's what made the turn-based fighting so fun and having the right items um leveling up your characters so that they did cooler things and then when you get personas you can take those personas and fuse them into bigger personas it's as if you could take a squirtle and a charizard and combine them and they made a completely new Pokemon that could use both fire and water abilities. So you can mix match your personas so that you 
eventually have super weapon personas. You can have some that heal. You can have some that uh, uh, do certain damage. You can have some that mess with your enemies really hard with the status effects. So that in itself is the, is part of why the gameplay is so good. And the way it's positioned in, in the story is that you are basically a thief and you're pulling off heists. You are the Robin Hood and the Merry Little Men of uh the merry man sorry of good intentions okay the very first story of persona 5 is finding out that um well first of all you're there on probation in shibuya uh in japan you're there on probation um because a uh, guy was kind enough to take you in um after you were basically expelled from your own school so you go to a high learning academy where they decided to take you in and you eventually uncover that the volleyball coach is abusing the shit out of his students physically and sexually, depending on gender. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's super subtle. But the reason you know this is because when you cross into the metaverse, they have a personification of what they think of that place. So instead of a high school, it's a castle that he's the king of ran by shadows inside you can see the torture that's happening to these characters um and you know the characters the females that he views are completely sexual and this is where i end up sending you pictures of these wacky penis monsters is because they are personified in that way spectacular yes personified. okay it's yeah <laughs> i don't know what i do with my he's writing it down he's writing it down right this now here so that's kind of the way it ties into the story now the theme of everything is what is so good when it's time to to um when it's basically go time the way the game is set up is basically like on stealth so you can hug corners and then you can jump out and if you get the jump on them you get advantage in the battle so it's really important to be not be seen if you are seen it raises the security of the place when they find you Ooh. And it makes it harder to play. It's not hard to, to hide, though. The game itself was not incredibly hard. But what I can tell you is because the decisions you make in the story are so very important that um, they didn't have an autosave feature. Because they want to make sure there's something that you did you don't want to happen. You can go back and change it. That's why sometimes you put th three hours into the game, you go a little too far. And then despite the fact that I have 96 hours played, I probably realistically have put 120 hours into it from not saving what I should fucking save, which is every chance you get just to be safe. So, um, that just reminded me of the first final fantasy. Yeah. There was, there was a time where I was just, I was on God level. I oh. was smacking that. I was going through, I was on a tear. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then I died in a freak battle. I lost 25 levels Ooh. of my characters. Ooh. Okay. I was <laughs> smacking hammers. I was, I was killing shit at level 40. Forgot to save. And I went back to a level 15. Oh. And I was like. yeah oh, i believe it i believe it oh. so um i know that i know that pain exactly 
So, um, yeah, sometimes just freak battles where you just die. Um, so the art style, I don't know what it's called, but it's very specific in the way that it's edgy, kind of like a, a, a new... Um, I wonder if I could Google it real quick because I really want to know specifically, now that I think about it, Persona 5 art style. I want to know what it's called if there was who did the art for Persona 5. Programmers, artists... How do I find my art style? The art of Persona 5. It's a feast of senses, as they call it. So they really don't... It's it's a very, like, adult setting, I want to say. And I'm not just talking about, like, the art. It's the design of the things. So everything is edgy. There's not a straight line in the entire game. That is essentially what it feels like. So you'll know what I'm talking about when you play it but the theme of the game is like black white and red and when you're when you're attacking you don't get a little square menu at the bottom you get a like an edgy square left and right popping yeah, it out looks, it looks, I'm, I'm checking out uh screenshots it looks yeah. very manga manga very modern as well like in the way that this yeah. the style is at least nothing you would find that's old or tame i want to say so um yeah can... this looks like this looks very shonen jump yes very much manga so. style and it is weeby in its own ways some of it doesn't make make sense and clearly they do things as they make product decisions at the same time that they're making story decisions that don't line up so it's it is weeby in that way but what do you expect from a jrpg it's only moderately weeby though it's not like i need to turn this off because it uh, is like stupid because right. you're just you're having a blast the whole time so that's why it's just that it looks fun it looks it looks really cool it is really cool um and uh so here's the day to day <clears throat> a big part of the game is the timeline so you play the game day to day today at on a certain date and you have finals coming up but you also have a deadline so you get a threat from um the gym teacher who who says you know what i'm gonna get you guys expelled but i can't bring it up until the school faculty board meeting at the beginning of the month so you have to go in and heist his heart of hearts so that he um has a change of heart and admits everything that he's done hence robin hood of good good intentions so hypothetically robin hood of bad intentions because you're stealing the badness from him and so you steal it from them in real life and then they go out and they confess and they're like i'm a terrible piece of shit and i'd like to confess to what i did and atone in any way that i can okay yes that sounds very convoluted it it is in its own way but if you don't pay attention you're so busy enjoying the game's art and gameplay and music that anything like it's not the worst thing to figure out how it right. you know so it's so it's immersive it's significantly yes. immersive enough so that... immersive yeah okay um on the day-to-day -day, you make relationships with certain people these people can give you certain things on the other side um 
your time is very important probably why the loading screen is so sarcastic and says take your time you can't take your time that's the hard part you need to find a route to the treasure inside of the hideout which they're technically dungeons you need to find a way there sometimes you don't you run out of magic energy your sp is what it's called that is your timer for how long you can go through if you can push through this this um game like this dungeon all the way to the treasure without running out of sp great but sometimes you cannot beat the next monster without more xp um sp sorry not xp s sally p and you have to go back and you have to turn off basically those those um things so um long story short you really have to manage your time at the same time you can romance um certain characters I don't suggest romancing more than one because it bites you in the ass. <laughs> and um, eventually things blow out of proportion and all of a sudden you're saving Japan from evil people. So uh, 10 out of 10 would suggest, uh, and I'm trying to cap off Persona 5 here, but I will say the music, so groovy. The, the music is so good. Just go play the soundtrack when we're done here. Like just pull up Pers- Persona 5 OST and just jam. It's it's just, right. it's funk. It's so good and it's so fun to play too. After ninety six hours, I was not tired of the music. Cool. And they played the same songs. Nice. Good deal. Moving on quickly. Persona five turn based RPG, so I went straight to Battlefield Five for like twenty hours just because I you know, I needed something mind numbing and stress relieving, so I got a little good at that, killing people. It was fun. Um, fun game. Age of Calamity, Hyrule Warriors. Um, if you need a strong dose of Breath of the Wild, this is where you go without playing Breath of the Wild again. Oh, okay. the same art, similar music, same characters. Um, it is a Warriors game with a very, very strong uh, um, Breath of the Wild skin. And so it's definitely scratching that itch for me. Nice. I've never played a Hyrule Warriors game. It's don't play the first one. Play the second one for sure. You can skip the first one. Okay, that's at least what the BFFFF says. It's it's a hack and slash, but the cool thing it's about the number of enemies you fight too. So you're blowing through like hundreds of enemies per level, um, wide area of attack on your swings and stuff, and then your weapon combos are pretty fun. You know, you're running around a Zelda with a Sheikah Slate, just bashing the shit out of them, and then summoning a giant bomb, throwing it into a crowd of a thousand, and blowing them all up at once. I'll have to check this out. Yes, you will. <laughs> Back to the pad. Write this down. Yes. Uh, we've got Among Us, which everyone knows of. We've played it. It's pretty fun. I, I made a kid... Um, say screw you and leave after well I was the imposter and it was down to three and it was me and this brown kid called monk boy and well I I asked him um, I said it's gotta be this other guy because he's just trying to fake us out he's trying to fake us out and I was the imposter I could have killed him and won but instead we voted the last guy out (laughs) (laughs) and he said screw you and left because I utterly betrayed him like not only was i the imposter but i got him to win the game for me (laughs) nice and you've enjoyed among us right i i have i've um 
I kind of fell out of it after a while because I went into a point where the hackers were rampant. Yeah. There were so many hackers. And it was like I would go into a room and it wouldn't be a room. It'd be a giant black empty space. And I was like, okay, this is this is not going to be worth my time. Yeah. Jump out. Yeah. And when I encountered like seven of those rooms in a row, I was like, I'm done. I, yeah. I'm not going to play. This Makes is sense. just ridiculous. Yeah. I guess uh, since then they've released a patch to block a lot of those hackers. Yes. But I still haven't gone back because that soured me so hard. Us too. We haven't really gone back, especially with Phasmophobia being in existence the ghost hunting game which is in 0.2 build but is blowing up like none other this is not a fast-paced crazy game i've considered asking you to come play it with us but it is tiny spaces um and it's you're in some hallways there are some bigger maps where the the spaces aren't as tight but um it's early in development too so i don't i couldn't say what the 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 graphics would be like for you to play with us but maybe when this pandemic is over i'm undoubtedly gonna have to have you come over and try it anyway but um it is in itself just a ghost hunting game you start on a truck with um all kinds of tools emf reader um digital cameras um you go in you find the room with low temperature get some emf reading that's where you drop all the stuff you drop a spirit journal for them to, to to write in you can use a uv light to look for ghostly fingerprints on the door and on the ground um and eventually you narrow down what this ghost is now um the scary part is where the ghost appears to you sometimes it makes noises it throws things it's scary um and sometimes it hunts when it hunts you have to turn off your lights and hide <laughs> or else it does kill you all right and it's phasmophobia i just want to go fast there's a lot of news in silence we played which is essentially a quiet place the game you have to be quiet it picks up your sound on your mic that's another cool thing about phasmophobia is you can have the spirit box and ask it questions like how old are you and it'll say young you say how how where are you behind (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly um and so in silence does the same thing the the player uh the monster who can be played by a player instead of ai you can't see anything but you have a little radar that picks up little sounds now is that a flock of birds that just got you know startled by a player maybe are they throwing stones to throw you off probably because that worked and threw me off pretty hard as the rake um but the rake is fast as soon as you can find someone you just blitz and it's terrifying to be found by the rake um they also have uh uh, jack-in-the-boxes that pop out of drawers that set off sound um squeaky toys on the ground that set off sound um radios you can set up as a distraction lots of things they're actually really cool so um oddly well balanced for a game where the monster can't see and everyone else has to be quiet rich it's been a long time coming but i started knights of the old republic yeah it's old that either it's old it's aged barely well um i think it'll be fun for this first playthrough but i modded it 
Rich, I've been finding out how to mod on my PC and my laptop, where people alter game files and you can plug it in. So instead of 4.3 aspect ratio, I'm widescreen. I updated all the shading. um, So it's not all just like bright colors. Some things glow, there's shadows, um, replaced all the sky textures. So it actually looks like space um, and not uh, like black with large 8-bit squares that are supposed to be stars um yeah and i modded it and i got a decent ways away and then i had to take a break because it's an old game and i'm bored already (laughs) (laughs) but but outside of that persona 5 took a lot of my time (laughs) a lot of my time the only reason i played other games was because i could not play uh persona 5 um in my spare time nice in certain places persona 5 is not portable it is only on ps4 no it's not persona 5 strikers made by the same people who made hyrule warriors is uh going to come out in march and that'll be on steam and switch yeah people have been clamoring for a persona um switch port and a lot of people freaked out when joker got announced um at the game awards and they were like persona 5 oh it's a switch board it's a switch board no joker the main character was the first dlc character announced for smash and there was an explosion and a clamor last person last character people thought would be in smash it was awesome nice yes that's all i did for games we've got news and stuff to talk about rich Uh, before we move on there's yes. a couple things that I just remembered. Okay. Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Oh, yeah. That got announced and came out. Yeah. Shit. Came out on the Switch, and I was like, I was like, honey, can I, can I, can I, can I? And she was like, what? And I was like, can I? The, the 3D All-Stars. 3D yes. All-Stars. Can I? Yes. And she's like, oh, oh yeah. Was like, yeah. So <laughs> that caused me to fall off of Borderlands 2 because for the longest time, my Switch was just the Borderlands 2 machine. That was it. Right. I was just playing Borderlands 2 everywhere because I could. It was right. amazing. Okay. Then I went to the 3D All-Stars, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> so I have finally played some of Super Mario Sunshine. Yes. Thanks to 3D All-Stars. Yes. I'm I'm really looking forward to playing Galaxy. I started 64. I kind of want to push my... I haven't beat any of these games. None of them. Oh, oh my. I was a Banjo-Kazooie kid. Oh. That's right. On 64. So, like, I... Yeah, I didn't play any of those. But, I mean, I loved Super Mario Odyssey. I love other oh. Super Mario games. I'm, I'm going to force myself to play those. Just to say I did. Super Mario 64 is okay it it hasn't aged well no it has but it has aged well when you realize that this was the front runner to all of the mario games that you enjoy yes then it's like okay it's this is still a decent game it's important it's it's important for the fundamentals definitely yes yes now, I realized that that game came out probably right as you were discovering what a game controller was. For me, 
that was at the height of my drug use. So I would get very, very stoned <laughs> and play Super Mario 64 to completion. That means every star you can collect in that game, I got it. Yes. I discovered the super jump. Once you have all of the stars, you can jump on top of the castle and talk to Yoshi. And he could be like, hey, you found me. Cool. Have stars to your triple jump. Now, that was kind of a lame reward, but it was also an awesome reward. Yes. It's it's tough to it's tough to really cement how important that game was to stoned rich, mm-hmm. especially coming from sober rich. Absolutely. But it was an amazing game for its time, and I have always itched to go back and play it. And when it was on the Wii Virtual Arcade, I did download it and started playing it on the Wii Virtual Arcade, and I was like, this is not the same. So now I'm playing it on the 3D All-Stars, and I'm like, this is not the same. <laughs> so it's, it's fun. It's a good trip down memory lane. But I don't, I don't think I'm gonna keep playing it. It's it's an old. It's game. a really old game. Yeah, you have to have something invested and in it to keep made, going. They have made so many improvements yes. to all of these now. Um, I'm gonna go pee real quick, and then we can move on to the news. Talk about some okay. News. There's there is one other thing that I've been watching that I wanted to bring up. Oh. Okay. I'm going to kill that light. Oh. And P-Brick. Can I still hear What? Can I still? No. Wow. Okay. You've got new stuff to talk about. Yes. Disney had it. There's a heavy metal band themed off of Ned Flanders called O'Killy Do'Killy. Oh. It's fucking amazing. Check it out on YouTube when you get a chance. All members of it are dressed in the pink button-up collared shirt with a green sweater over, push broom mustache, combed hair. Check out White Wine Spritzer. I have it up right now on my <laughs> That feet. song is amazing. All it is is the guy screaming in the mic going, oh, oh. We can't hear when you do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why it cuts off, but it does. I turned off the damn noise gate fucking thing. Anyway. Album one, howdly doodly. Album two, howdly toodly. <laughs> yes. It's These guys are amazing. So good. Okay. Yeah, they I'll, are themed, I'll be... the, the lyrics are themed off of Ned Flanders' sayings. Yep. The, but it is it is decent metal. It's really good. The the uh, video for um, White Wine Spritzer is them in the Simpsons living room. Yes, and they just start trashing it. I'm down. Cool. We'll watch that. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, All right, n- on to news. News. Give me your news. New stuff. Well, there's like there's a bunch of things like, um, 
the handmaid's tale getting a season four return and a renewed for season five immediately you know like we we can we can pass over things but then there's things to talk about really important things to talk about it's always sunny in philadelphia got renewed for four more seasons what did always sunny oh isn't that crazy Man, that show it's going it's got more seasons than freaking supernatural now right i mean it uh, probably will by it will then. by the end but then again they have about half as long ep- uh, seasons <laughs> not even gonna get right. close to the episode count that that supernatural has ultimately so um i right. i i'm you know i need to go back and i'm really down to you know like watch that but it's an undertaking kind of and then we get get to watching shows like Shit's creek which are a little more modern you know what i mean and not as much of an undertaking yeah. so it makes you want to watch that faster i guess so well, and more and it's always sunny is one of those shows that you can jump in anywhere yeah and not be lost it's true there's i mean there's certain things that are callbacks to earlier things and everything but you're not it's not going to be lost on you yes at any point none of it will ever be lost on you i have never sat down and watched full seasons of it's always sunny in philadelphia i've seen episodes here and there yes and those episodes that i've seen here and there are always solid fucking gold i have yet to see an episode of it's always sunny that i didn't laugh my ass off yeah there's no reason that i haven't watched them all yes maybe one day maybe one day i'll get there one day you have to be but there have been a few episodes that i've just watched and i'm like oh my god this is this is amazing they are pretty amazing episode yes there's so many the episode where they buy a boat it's just Oh, the dick towel episode. I think the dick towel was kitten mittens, actually. Potentially. I don't know. So, probably the biggest announcement for for FX on Hulu is that Noah Hawley of Fargo and Legion is making an alien TV series. Imagine an alien TV series in the style of Legion, and Fargo for that matter. Just the composition of the music first of all combined with the the cinematography they have oh man. this is gonna be good same music guy that's just ooh. yeah yeah i've it, talked about that guy before i he's actually like retweeted me and talked to me on twitter a bit yeah he's a real really talented guy i remember that his name is a skip point the but no yeah because he talks to you on twitter because you're like i love that but yeah no looks like he might be composing for alien now soon isn't that wacky i have little little, uh little uh confession here okay i've never seen an alien movie you haven't seen alien i haven't seen alien aliens alien cubed alien resurrection Predator versus Alien? None of them. Okay. I have never seen a xenomorph on the big screen Why? or in the small screen. Why? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Okay. My buddy and I started watching Aliens one time and I fell asleep. Oh. The only thing I remember from the movie 
was Sigourney Weaver sitting in a bed, petting a cat, and I passed out. I was done. <laughs> That's funny. That's that That's is funny. all I have seen of Alien. And I think that was the opening for Aliens. Yes. So that's all I've seen. The first two minutes of Aliens is all I have seen of any of the Alien stuff. That's funny. I've always wanted to watch it. Oh. I've heard that Alien was like the only thing that topped it was Aliens. It's true. Uh, if I if I brought over my box set for you, would it be unwelcome? Oh, no. I would love to watch it. Okay. All right. That's, that's kind of the thing is that there has never been an opportunity. Right. One of the main reasons that I'm not a big horror guy is because my parents didn't allow horror in our house. Oh. The only horror movies I saw were at my grandparents' house when my uncles would show me. Mm-hmm. That's how I saw The Fly. That's how I saw The Exorcist. That's how I saw Predator. That's how you developed a fear for dolls. That's how I, yeah, that's the <laughs> big contributing factor. You to get the to watch those right movies there. and then you go to bed in a room full of dolls. The, yeah, sleeping in a room full of dolls with glassy eyes. You have one nightmare and that's it. It's done. Oh my you gosh. will never not fear dolls from that point on. Okay, well, here's here's some more Disney Plus news. Uh, 2021, there's a Mighty Ducks series incoming, which is important because ducks fly together. Emilio's, you know? Emilio's back. One can hope. One can hope. Uh, Turner and Hooch series with Josh Peck. Okay, but here's the uh, big name bet. Yes, mine too. Uh, Beauty and the Beast... Gaston focused prequel starring Luke Evans and Josh Gad. Okay. Is it a cash grab or is it something we actually need? Oh, it's a cash grab. Yeah. It's a cash grab. If we it's... get if we get Josh Gad is is Le, F, Le whatever his name is. He's the, a funny character. The two names. Lafou. Thank you. Lafou. Yes. Which is just French for the fool. But right. anyway, Luke Evans and Josh Gad are the only things that might make it salvageable. If they've got a decent script, mm-hmm. then it'll probably turn out to be pretty good. It's true. Because you give those two a decent script and they'll make it gold. And they, I mean, so far so good on Disney Plus, right? There's been nothing that's absolutely horseshit yet. Well, so that's, yeah, I mean... What we'll, wait. Have, we'll wait to see what's what, been original for it hmm? uh lady and the tramp was good um the mandalorian is clearly pure gold um i don't think have you noticed that the best of star wars does not involve a skywalker <laughs> uh yes it that's true unfortunately um we'll get to that swiss family robinson uh coming from uh john m chu who makes good stuff uh, I'm interested in that. Uh, I loved Emily Robinson as a kid. Good. Percy Jackson and the Olympians series reboot. I'm interested in that. Same. The books were me. Yes. The movies were. Mm-hmm. But, well, the, but the books were decent, so these are what they can do with it. These are specifically series. I feel like m- when books get series treatments, like 
TV series, they're way better. They get they you can include all of it. You can hit the deepest parts of the story. You know what I mean? That's why I mean a series of unfortunate yeah. events on Netflix, fucking flawless. I love that show. They only did three seasons, but that's fine because that was only the amount of books they had. I thought it was great. Right. Disney films coming. Hocus Pocus sequel. Okay. Have you seen Hocus I, Pocus? I have seen Hocus okay. Pocus. I All love right. Hocus Pocus. Me too. Sanderson sisters are amazing. Yeah. I uh, don't know that they're going to be able to recreate that magic. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Nostalgia is everything we'll have... now. Oh, yeah. Yes. Nostalgia is ruling. Uh, Zach Efron is leading a Three Men and a Baby remake. I'm down. He's a he's okay. a, Zach Efron is a very good comedic actor. He is very good. He's I funny have, and good looking. I have not seen him in something that he has disappointed me. Truth. At all. Yeah. So I but Green <clears throat> and a baby, there's there was a certain magic between Tom Selleck, Ted Danson, and the Goot. Yes. I don't know that it can be recreated. Yes. The Gutenberg. Don't know the Goot. Um, so well, I mean, it depends on who's there with him. If Seth Rogen's in with him, I'm out. <laughs> I, I, no, no disrespect to Seth Rogen, but I, I don't know that I could have. <laughs> if you're gonna have three men and a baby. You can't have a stoner in that mix. You just can't. You just can't. Well, if you made him put it away, it, but then again, we've seen that movie before. Which is knocked up. So maybe not. I don't know. Right. Hey, they announced the cast for the live action Little Mermaid make uh, remake. They have. Hal Hal Bailey is playing Ariel. She's okay. African American. Nice. I know, right? Getting the diversity in there. I do prefer it. Um, David Diggs as Sebastian. Don't know who that guy is yet. Um, looking forward to his performance. Uh, Javier Bardem is King Triton. Wow. I mean, okay. You know what I mean? Um, Last Jake... thing I saw him was Mother. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this cute little kid in Dr. Sleep that gets brutally murdered. And he's also in that Good Boys comedy movie. His name is Jacob Tremblay. Okay. He's going to voice Flounder. Yeah. Okay. Which makes sense. Here's the reason I brought this up, because I'm skipping some things, because we don't need to talk about everything, clearly. Um, Ursula is being played by Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> I'm in. Me too. That's all it took for me. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a pretty boy playing Princess Eric, and then what is this? Sui, squee, scut oh, Scuttle! I couldn't read; it was really small writing. Aquafina is playing Scuttle. Oh, uh, okay. I'm fine with that. That's I'm, that sounds like I'm, a good I'm time. I'm still in with Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, exactly. You throw in Aquafina, and it kind of throws me out, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making a new Peter Pan. They're calling it Peter Pan and Wendy. Clearly, we knew this was happening. Um. There's an Enchanted sequel that's called Disenchanted. Okay. Which is... Enchanted was really good. Did you see Enchanted with Amy Adams? I did. I, I liked it. Uh, I'm, good with, I'm good with Enchanted. I'm, I'm so fucking tired of rebooting Peter Pan. Yeah, same. Yeah. Peter Pan 
over and done for me. It's I, true. We need new spins. So, we need different spins. You know what I mean? Um, well, and they keep trying to give new and different spins, and they always, always turn out fucking terrible. Yes. The last one I saw involved a remix of a Nirvana song, and I'm like, I'm no. I don't need to see Hugh Jackman as Captain Hook. It's not. Yeah. No, thank you. For me. That's enough. Um, uh, so there's that. Um, Tom Hanks will play Geppetto in Robert Zemeckis's Pinocchio. We'll see. Interesting. We'll see. Um, Jungle Cruise. We already knew that. There's also a Lion King prequel. Have you heard about this Lion King prequel? That's all about Mufasa's coming up days. I'm not. They're doing it the same style they did. They're um, they have a really good director on it. Um, what was his name? Barry Jenkins. Yeah. Um, Barry Jenkins won an Oscar for Best Picture, and I don't know about Best Direction, but um, it's all CGI again. They're doing it the same. It's gonna have music from Hans Zimmer, which is a big deal, clearly. Yeah. And that's how you do a Lion King movie, right? In my opinion, I'll take the prequel. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a shot. So tell me if this isn't coming out of like far, far left field. Whoopi Goldberg is returning to play a nun in Sister Act 3. That's just the next logical step. It really is, isn't it? Like. Yeah. I mean, if she's not going to do a reboot of Theodore Rex, then. Yeah. We might as well get Sister Act 3. Might as well. Might as well. Here's what I've been holding off from saying out loud to you. John Mulaney as Chip and Andy Samberg as Dale in a Rescue Rangers reboot. You did not just say Rescue Rangers. You did not just say Rescue Rangers. I did. I did say Fuck Rescue you Rangers. you for saying Rescue Rangers. Oh my God, I am so down. Yes, me too. I am so fucking on board. Are you kidding? Rescue Rangers. They're doing with John Mulaney, with John Mulaney and, and Andy, Andy Samberg, Samberg. Chip and Dale. Dale. Yeah. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I'm on board. I'm so fucking. When does this come out? Uh, Yesterday? I don't know. Let me check. I don't know. They're, they're working on it. It's a hybrid live action animated feature. Uh, let me get into Disney Plus here. I'm about to start watching this. It better be fucking on there because I'm going to be upset if it's not already on there. It's not already on there. It's not. They have to make it. They have to make I, it. They should have made it already. God. I know. Such a brilliant idea. Why didn't they make this already? I know. It's, it's bullshit. I know. But <sighs> they're making um, animated series of everything. Baymax, Zootopia Plus, Tiana, the show, Moana, the show. Okay, you know what I mean. I'm so like, happy. I'm I'm still riding the high of Rescue Rangers. Moana makes me happy. Yeah, we need Tiana actually makes me a little happy because I'd like to Moana. see her storyline go a little bit further. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, there's a new the new Pixar movie. Uh, is uh the new Pixar movie is called Turning Red. It's about a teenager um who turns into a giant red panda when she gets excited. From the guy who directed so, the so sh- Pixar just went Ranma one half on us. Yeah, basically, but it's from the director of Bow, that short with the dumplings. Yeah, 
It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Oh, I'm so sure. it did go full round my one half. That's cool. Yes. No, I'm on board. Yes. All right. Here's I've always the... loved rounding my one half, so. Um, here's, here's the big one. Chris Evans is voicing Buzz Lightyear in a film called Lightyear. And yes, yes, it, it looks I, it looks dead serious. It needs to be said. If that movie is not fucking overflowing with three eyed little green men, I'm going to be very upset. Me too. I'm going to be remarkably upset if there is not if if Buzz is having trouble saying his lines because he keeps stepping on squeaking little green men. Yes, it's it, true. It best be overflowing with them. I, I believe so. I could see that happening. I would also appreciate... I mean, clearly he's going to have to fight Zerg, the evil, his evil nemesis, robot Zerg. But um, I'm looking forward to when he crash lands on Earth and is saved by a cowboy named Woody. Mm. Who's completely serious and clearly voiced by Robert Downey Jr. Uh. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure this is just well, going to be about him. See, that fits in the but... Toy Story theme, but that doesn't fit in the Lightyear theme. theme. No, you're 100% right. Um, now, I will lose my shit if the voice of Zerg is Hugo Weaving. Ooh, yeah, that would be good. That would be hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I would yeah. take it. I would take Here it. Here you go. No, but, I mean, that that's all exciting, and it, and it sounds fun. Um, speaking of, like, Marvel stuff, um, we're getting... WandaVision, January 15th. Have you seen the previews for that? I think so. It seems... Strange. It is very strange. In a good way. That's why they're doing it first, is because it is, like, the wackiest shit that is not... It's not conventional, but it's also technically conventional. So, um... I'm really, really hoping that it's a what-if series. It's not shit this is straight fucking tied into the universe it looked very it looked very twilight zone and it from what i it kind of is so what they're doing here is um basically taking the house of m storyline from x-men where wanda loses vision she loses her brother quicksilver and she starts going crazy and altering reality just Mm -hmm. purely from how powerful she is so to me this is them opening up the the pathway to x-men inclusion in our current marvel cinematic universe now that they own x-men um and they're really opening it up and they're this is where they're tying in a lot of things too because um uh wanda scarlet witch is going to be in the next doctor strange doctor strange is going to be in the next spider-man where all of these alternate universe opening portals crazy shit is happening um so the reason why it's not a what if and i know this is because they have an animated what if coming out where they're doing captain britain they are exploring the what if yes they're doing captain britain where um 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 peggy becomes um the super soldier instead of um steve rogers that's a what if story they're doing marvel zombies they're doing um yeah it's gonna be an anthology it's animated lots Hmm. of good shit lots of good shit and lots of voice actors original voice actors from before which is even better yeah um winter soldier and i loved the what if comic book yes 
um, Winter Soldier and the Falcon. No, the Falcon and Winter Soldier in that area, in that order, March 19th. And then Loki uh, in May. Okay. And this was announced long ago. We knew this was coming. Yes. These are just um, dates that they're all coming out. Me. Essentially. But I think um, what the crazier parts are is that um, we do have a, um, a Miss Marvel series coming. Said Miss Marvel, who's inspired by Captain Marvel, will be in Captain Marvel 2 as well. Okay. The actual film. Tatiana Maslany is portraying She-Hulk, for which Tim Roth's Abomination is returning. And that's a deep cut. That's from Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton and Mark right. Ruffalo, of course, returning because, well, Tatiana Masani doesn't become Hulk until she gets a blood transfusion from her cousin. Yeah, from Dr. Ben. Exactly. So um, the Hawkeye series has Haley Steinfeld coming in as Kate Bishop, which looks interesting. Um, Oscar Isaac is rumored to be casted as Moon Knight. They have announced a, a secret invasion series that's going to have Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, Ironheart, which is a um, young Afri- Afri- about a young African American um, girl who takes up the mantle of Iron Man, but she's Ironheart instead. And then Don Cheadle as War Machine in Armor Wars. Basically, there's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special next year and an I Am Groot short series. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And we we haven't even started talking about freaking Star Wars yet. And I'm not done with Marvel. So I'll go yeah. fast. I'll and go honestly, fast. I haven't heard a word since Rescue Rangers. So, I mean, we're all good. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, Christian Bale is going to be in the next Thor, playing Gore the God Butcher. I've heard that is a very intimidating villain to have. Um, uh, and Christian Bale is a very intimidating actor to have playing a very intimidating villain. So this is going to be good. Hardcore. It's going to be good. The next Ant-Man and the Wasp is called Quantum Mania. Again alternate universes multiverse quantum theory things i'm assuming is going to tie into it somehow but we'll see uh marvel this one's um okay they're john watts who made um uh the both of the spider-man films i believe is going to direct the new feature film for marvel's first family the fantastic four so we're finally going to get a fantastic four it's probably good. Yes, but were they any good? No, they, they weren't. That yes, not good. but not you. Gonna be good. No, but. Never gonna be good. Well, you say that, but when has Marvel had a shot at making Fantastic Four? Let alone with a decent director who's proven he's plenty good. What I'm does it. Kevin Feige have on? I have on for Fantastic Four. What? What does Kevin Feige have in his mind for Fantastic Four movie? I don't know yet, but what did he have in his mind for the entirety of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, see, that's kind of the key, is that he has been playing with B-list heroes 
from the from get go. Mm-hmm. Like the money makers for Marvel have always been X Men, Fantastic Four, Spider Man. Those have always been pretty screwed up by any property that's put them on the films. I, with the exception of this recent one, because Spider-Man got put into the Disney-verse. Yeah. So, Kevin Feige was allowed to play with Spider-Man, and he did an amazing job with it. Mm-hmm. With the little bit that he got to play with. Yeah. I don't... I I have reservations. Okay. On what he's going to be able to do with Fantastic Four and with X-Men. Oh. I have none because he hasn't done us wrong. That's true. You're right. I don't know. The I'm... first Thor, the very first Thor. I'm kidding. Um, uh, it's, it's just scary to see what comic book hero, what Hollywood does with comic book heroes when they are the money makers. How wrong. many times have we seen Batman rebooted? How many times have we seen Fantastic Four rebooted? How many times have we seen Superman rebooted? Yeah. How many times have we seen X-Men rebooted? Yeah. It's just... There's... Every time they make a movie and it fails, they add 10 pounds of baggage yes. onto any future project. You're not wrong. Any time. Yeah. Okay? Right now... The Fantastic Four has so much baggage that it's going to be paying a million dollars in freight to get on the fucking plane because of so much baggage. That's it's. I have reservations. Okay. Continue. <laughs> they will not be recasting Chadwick Boseman's character T'Challa. So they're going to kill him. Probably. They're going to kill him off screen. I'm sure. Or they're going to do the uh, Uncanny Valley bit to give them a heroic death on screen. I don't know. Um, I have a feeling that they're going to... They might just not address it the whole time, you know? Um, they might I, let it in go. Replaying Spider- in replaying the Spider-Man video game, mm-hmm. I had to take the... Uh, I had to get all the landmark pictures, you know, and I took a picture of the building that was the Wakanda embassy. Yeah. And Spider-Man says his line of, I wonder if T'Challa was actually bit by a radioactive panther. And I yes. got a little sad. Yes. I got a little sad. It's really upsetting. Chadwick Boseman was the shit. He was amazing. <sighs> and we're going to miss him. Oh, I rewatched Black Panther recently. Because uh, still such a great. I I rewatched Ooh. it too after they announced his passing. I had to rewatch it and take it all in again. Yep, it's a rough watch now. It is, but time heals. Yep, time heals. That, that movie was more about the girls for me than it was the Black Panther. Truth. Just the empowerment of the adored. Now, if only the actress for Shuri would stop posting anti-vaccine theories to Twitter in videos including anti-trans and uh, anti-masking sentiments. I was thinking Shuri could totally be Ironheart for this. Now I don't want to see that bitch's face. 
she used her platform to share some dumb dumb fucking shit uh and her apology said sorry i thought for myself maybe more people should think for themselves and everyone's over here like well kids in biology know better than you do about the way the immune system works she said she didn't want to take the vaccine because uh as an super ultra evangelical christian uh the scientific term for a brightening um or curing of a virus in a vaccine is called for the brightest star in the sky also lucifer yeah and because it is titled lucifer she said i don't know and shared that shit so anyways um she received a bunch of dumb shit for that and i think any chances she had at becoming back black panther potentially just went right out the window but on one hand i would like to think that we should um like the art not the artist like we kind of decided with uh jk rowling we won't really discard that you know money maker i guess but I digress. It's it. There were a lot of really funny memes of like Ron Swanson running his like computer out to the dumpster and tossing it in after like Stanger. Yeah, yeah. And it said it was it was like the the director. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it was like uh, so such such director throwing out the second draft of Black Panther two <laughs> after Letitia Wright said that shit. Yeah. I digress. Let's talk about Lucasfilm. A little bit, okay. Mandalorian okay. season two has been such a roller coaster ride of awesomeness. Uh-huh. I'm in love with it. Um, yeah, I've had many okay, everyone, it's happening moments. Um, first of all, for Boba Fett appearing, Sl- yeah. Slave One flying into view. Yeah, mind blowing things. I didn't think we were ever going to see these things again, Rich. Okay. Well, I didn't think so. I didn't think we were going to see these things ever again in our lifetime. It's it's funny that this is happening as you bring this up. I just sent you a picture of what I'm looking at because my laptop, which we have been calling the Death Star, rightfully so, cycles through black and white screenshots of the original trilogy uh, as the background on the desktop and of course you have and of course boba, boba fett right is there. on the screen as you're discussing this it's true he is right there he was yeah. on the we can't see it though because it's because it's on the yeah can't focus i digress it's exciting that it popped up on your death star laptop um it's pretty good mandalorian can do no wrong at this point ahsoka tano popping up um i have a theory that that mace windu is going to answer the call that grogu sent out um because that's the best way to move boba's story forward he's gonna have a vendetta for the man who killed his father and boba is a neutral character he can't be good the whole time you know what i mean and when mace windu pops up boba's gonna be like i'm gonna go kill that guy and okay. then, boom, we have a Boba Fett movie. I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm backing off a bit. Uh, they have a new um, couple of shows. They're going to start a Rangers of the New Republic show and an Ahsoka show live action. 
that tie into the same timeline as Mandalorian, which makes sense after they name dropped Thrawn. Yeah. We got Bo Katan. And as batty as it is, I think we're going to get some Rebels characters uh, live action. Have you seen what Rahul Cooley has been doing on Star on, on Twitter? Somewhat. He's been teasing that he's going to play Ezra Bridger. Yeah. The Jedi from Rebels. And I, mark my words, I will burn myself alive. I will light myself on fire with gasoline. If if Rahu Kuli pops up on screen, it's just Ezra. He's kissing Sabine because we all want that too. I will lose my mind. Lose my fucking mind. But we know <laughs> that he's somewhere because he popped out of the time portal with Thrawn. Somewhere. Or else Ahsoka wouldn't be looking for Thrawn. I digress. The weird thing about this whole series is that it's really giving us the original extended universe novels the heir to the empire it's interesting it's interesting we're getting a lot of things we didn't think we were gonna get just with different characters basically so uh they're still going to do a rogue one spinoff series um a prequel for cassian andor to figure out what dirty dirty things he did before the battle of avon um, to do whatever you want. Now, here's the interesting one. Um, we already know that they're making an Obi-Wan spinoff. They're going to start filming it in January um, soon. Yep. What they announced at this investor meeting is that they have Hayden Christensen back to play Anakin slash Darth Vader. I'm excited to see what he'll do without lucas yes me too i think we all are i think we all are i mean think about i mean hayden christensen been living on a farm in ontario just living his life you know taking it easy and then and then you know a lot of people saying oh your performance was was garbage you know what i would love is some obi-wan kenobi like flashbacks to clone wars of anakin just being a complete and utter badass Never, you know, we only see Anakin at the worst times of his life in the movies. Mm-hmm. When you really think about it, is he a badass? Yeah, but all we hear is he's a renowned general and he's he was the best of us and he did all these amazing things. But we didn't get to see all the amazing things. Did we see him do some cool shit? Yeah, in the movies. But most of the time he was upset because he was being pulled to the dark side. You know what I mean? Or his mom mm-hmm. died. He was this angry, angry, angry person at those times. But what about all the in-between when he was really really yeah, just we got a, a good him, person we, we got to see him when he was at his most emo yes in all the movies so if we get some in between of him and some before him, some after you know what i mean that would i think that would be swell you know i think they're really gonna do um hayden christensen right with this series i really do yeah animated the bad batch which is interesting. The Bad Batch was introduced in the Clone Wars. These were a batch of clone troopers who um, came out differently. They came out with um, attitudes, basically. Okay. And so they're very, very badass. 
basically. Hence the Bad Batch, and there's an animated series coming of that. I'm down just because the animated series have never done me wrong. Um, they're going to do a series of anime shorts called Visions. Okay, Cash Crab. Cool. Um, so they're also going to do a Lando spinoff series. And this is where things get interesting. There are two... I don't know if this is a series or if this is a... I don't know if this is a series or if it's a movie. Star Wars The Acolyte is a female-led Star Wars film that takes place in the High Republic era. A lot of people leaning in the direction of, like, Darth Plagueis era of High Republic... I'm interested in that. A Sith Padawan is known as an acolyte. So there we go. It would be really interesting to see where they go. But the fact that they're putting the High Republic on the big screen is really interesting to me. Um, just because we get oh, yeah. to see that that area of magnificence. Um, and I heard Yoda has an attitude. So he's a nice. he's a really he's a badass. He's not quite as wise as he used to be. Impatient. He's a little bit more like let's get shit done. Nice and do stuff so what's probably the most interesting in my opinion of all of these announcements if not the acolyte is that patty jenkins is going to direct a rogue squadron film patty jenkins of wonder woman fame and, uh, she did fine with wonder woman she did an awesome wonder woman uh, reviews for early screening reviews for wonder woman 1984 see that it's an amazing movie and now she's going to get to do Rogue One. Her dad was a fighter pilot, um, gave his life in the military as a fighter pilot, and um, she loves Star Wars. She said she gets to make a movie about her two favorite things. This, this is going to be great. This, this is, is going to be, be great. amazing. Yeah. It's going to be wonderful, and I'm super excited. So um, they they did say that like it might it's probably not going to take directly from – the old Rogue Squadron books and game where it's Luke and Wedge doing a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, but I, I have faith in whatever she wants to do for her adaptation. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be fine. Uh, James Mangold is directing the fifth Indiana Jones movie, which will be the last. Until they want more money. And then... Right. Um... Warwick Davis is coming back for Willow the series. I am so happy that Warwick Davis is coming back yes. with Willow. Yes. You can't do it without Willow him. Holds up. You can't. Willow holds up. It's amazing how well Willow holds up. Seriously. Seriously. Like, truly astounding how well that movie holds up. Yeah. You know, I think they just really wanted to give us a lot of good stuff, a lot of good announcements for uh, what's going on here. And, like, I feel like all these people and all these announcements, they want to give the world something. It's been a dark, sad place. And now that they're, like, cementing these deals on these series and movies and content that they're making, like, they're like, yo, there's things to look forward to. Which is something I think, I think they did it out of the kindness of their hearts to announce, like, fucking everything they could that they're working on. Yep. So, um, which also includes Absolutely. Sony's announcement of of uh, the <laughs> the best Spider Man villain, in my opinion, getting recast. Uh, 
what is his damned name, Rich? We know who he plays. Um, Dr. Octopus from Spider-Man 2. Alfred Molina. Oh, Alfred, Alfred Molina. Molina. Yes, thank you. Um, so Alfred Molina has been recast as Dr. Octopus for Spider-Man 3, the sixth film in all of the movies. From the second... From the very first second movie. It's crazy. And then Jamie Foxx cast it as Electro again. From another of the trilogies it is absolutely clear what they're doing here and it makes me so excited rich the next thing that came is that they reportedly are in talks or have signed on andrew garfield from the amazing spider-man series the second iteration and toby mcguire clearly from the first iteration and kirsten dunst they're make this third one is going to be a live action spider-verse they're, they're going ham, and I'm so excited for this. Yeah. All we need now, all we need now, two things we need now, okay? All right? I think it's going to be good either way. What's going to make it the best? Two things. One, Donald Glover as Miles Morales, live action, Spider-Man. They've already set him up as the Prowler. It's a multiverse. He can go anywhere. That's true. That he could true. he could who's to say he's the prowler in this universe and not Miles Morales in a different one? That's true. Idea. Um That's the first thing. This this the second casting that we need, ultimately. We have if we combine all the villains we have right now, currently, with casting, we have Electro, Doctor Octopus, the Vulture Mysterio is said to be making a return. Scorpio was who we talked to in the jail. That's five for the Sinister Six. We need Willem Dafoe to come back as Green Goblin. (laughs) So badly. So badly. So badly, Rich. And I can... It it makes you smile, too. It makes you smile, too. Nah. But no James Franco? No, he's dead from that universe. He's dead from that universe. The Hobgoblin? Come on. Granted, anyone can come around, clearly, doing their things. But, um, you know, Ned hypothetically becomes the Hobgoblin. That would be baddie if if Ned went Hobgoblin for that. But we'll see. We'll see what they're doing. Um, I just don't think it's cool that they got Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus, though. That was my favorite of all the Spider-Mans was Spider-Man that was definitely too. the best of 90s Spider-Man. Yes, you're not wrong. Looking second Spider-Man. Yes. So, I mean, it's excited. They're combining it with the multiverse. Doctor Strange is supposed to be in it. So we know that, like, this is how they're tying in the, the wackiness and, you know, whatever's happening with either the Reality Stone or Wanda going nuts. Losing her mind. Yeah. Something. This is all yeah. really, really fun. Rich, I really want to talk to you about some video games before, before we wrap up here. Okay. Okay. They put Sephiroth in Smash Bros. Sephiroth wow. is now going to be a fighter. Just another DLC character to fucking break this game. Just big old fucking wings across that. Yeah. Uh, there's some there's some gameplay and his sword is so dumb long. It's it's oh, yeah. not even his sword is stupid. It's always been stupid. But you know that you're... was Final Fantasy Seven. The, yeah. the weapons in that game were just stupid anyway. I don't know how you're supposed to get within reach of this motherfucker. Anyways, they already ruined the game with Steve anyway, so Minecraft. Um, in the way that he is 
super overpowered. Any DLC character, though, is overpowered when they're introduced. I think the only one that wasn't straight up overpowered at introduction was Banjo. And that's just my luck. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Have you stopped playing as Banjo since Banjo was introduced? Yes, because I started playing Persona 5. And then I wanted to play as Joker more in Smash after. Okay. So, easy easy answer, right? Um, they announced a Perfect Dark reboot at the Game Awards as well. Okay. These are all Game Awards announcements. So, um... I We've remember got... Perfect Dark. You do? Yeah, I remember when it came out. Everybody was like, "Oh, this is gonna replace Goldfinger. This is gonna re- or this is gonna replace Goldeneye. This is yeah. gonna replace Goldeneye." And then I played it, and I was like, "This is not gonna replace Goldeneye." Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Same developers, though. That's why. Hmm? Same developers, though. That was kind of why they did that. Right. <clears throat> so, I'm really excited about the way the direction is going for for. Um, reboots in the way that we aren't getting sequels that we wanted um valve the only new half-life they've made is a game called half-life alex for vr and i've heard it's really good but valve also owns left for dead which they haven't made a sequel to they aren't making shit as far as we can tell we haven't gotten shit for games from valve i have no idea why maybe they're focusing on steam don't get no they're not not even slightly. Not even. You I know you're about, saying it to make a joke. To, you were about to get mad. I was like, what if someone listens to this? But honestly, even they know, Rich, okay? Even they know that that's bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I digress. The original programmers of Left 4 Dead are making their own Left 4 Dead. It's called Back for Blood. And it is essentially the new Left 4 Dead game. This is the closest we're going to get to Left 4 Dead 3. They showed some uh, gameplay. It looks great. I'm not sure if you ever got to play Left 4 Dead or see Left 4 Dead gameplay. Did you? It is the... I'm trying to think of any other, like, zombie game that's technically better. It's like zombies on steroids, essentially. So, like, you know, um, you have to survive. You can get dragged off. You have to stay together. It's four-player co-op. Um, you have to survive waves and waves of zombies, and they come out in the hundreds. It's a good game. Okay. Real fun game. Um, it's cool that they're doing that because people have been wanting a Left 4 Dead, a new Left 4 Dead, for a minute now. So... Back for Blood gonna do that. Now, there's one game that I want more than Bioshock Three. One game because I've had Bioshock Infinite. That's fine. I've I you know and I can go back and scratch that itch. But there's a world I've been dying to go back to, and it's space. Space is the world I want to go back to. Dead space. Dead space. EA shut down the the uh game that the studio that essentially worked on dead space after giving them a star wars title and shutting them down visceral was what they were called um but the magic was really in the first two games anyway with the game director of um the first two games that man has started another studio with a game called the callisto protocol and by golly rich if this is not 
the Dead Space spiritual successor slap me in the face next time you see me because which by the way it is the spiritual successor of dead space because the life bar on the back of his neck was very akin to the one in dead space so it's a guy in a prison hops out of bed he's like what's going on and then a creature gets out of bed behind him and in an interview creator of dead space said we are looking to make the scariest game this next generation with the callisto and i'm so so one trailer got me set for this game i'm done i don't care i don't need to see gameplay i will have it day one i will play day one i might take a day off i will play this game because dead space is so good so good so good okay the callisto protocol i am excited you see anything about callisto protocol you tell me because i need to know okay i'll keep you in the loop but i've never played dead space so that's I won't fine. even recognize it if I happen to see it in there. It doesn't say in big blaring letters, Callisto yeah. Protocol. Well, <clears throat> Dead Space plays a little bit like Red Space 4, but more claustrophobic. Because you're in space. In a spaceship. Sounds spacey. Yeah, probably the scariest game you will ever play. I'm willing to put money All on right. it. It's good. It's good stuff. One day, maybe. If you ever get bored, just know that Dead Space is a solid bet. Okay. 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 Callisto Protocol. Okay. Well, that's it, everyone. Unless you've got anything to throw in, Rich. If you see Lime is sus, username on Among Us, you're playing with me. If you're seeing Lime is sus and... The, the username Lime is sus on Among Us. You're playing with Rich and that Lime... That's me. Lime's me. <laughs> thanks for joining us everyone find us on social media and say hey I'm Daniel I'm Rich goodbye